Good morning, real life. Here we are meeting again. I get to preach to a little light. How much fun is that? But again, we are so, we say it every week, we are so thankful for technology. Gives us a chance to at least be in the Word. We're going to get through this thing. Uh, a little bit about today. Today's a standalone sermon. We've been doing a lot of series, but next week, the 26th, we're going to begin a series that I think is incredibly important. I'm calling it The Battle because you're involved. So many things we talk about, you're not involved. You weren't there for the parting of the Red Seas. We talk about it. Everything in Scripture we talk about, but you're not really there personally. The battle, you're there. The battle's going on now, and you are in the battle. You say, well, I, I don't know that I believe it. You just, you just lost the battle. You are in a spiritual battle. I'm not a follower of Christ. Okay, I'm sorry about that, but you're in the battle. I'm a disciple of Christ. That's great. You're in the battle. Every single person is involved in this battle. On top of that, you're on the front lines. Next week, we're going to begin to talk about the battle, the series. And in fact, so many things about spiritual warfare people believe aren't in the Bible. So many things about spiritual warfare people think are true aren't. We're going to break this down. So many things about spiritual warfare we don't realize are true. We're going to spend the next few weeks looking at the battle. Now, we're going to kind of cut it up. Because May 10th is Mother's Day. We're going to do a couple of weeks on the battle, then break away from Mother's Day and talk about Mother's Day. Then after that, go right back into the battle. They're talking about easing up some things. Hopefully, hopefully, by sometime in May, we'll, we'll be able to worship together. I'm looking forward to worshiping with you more than just speaking to a little microphone. But I want to be with you and worship together. But with that, let's have prayer together. Let's begin our time. And Father, it's an unusual time. We've lived through nothing like this in our life. And we pray that even as we're not together, we're together in the Word. For today is a very important Sunday. We're going to be talking about something that we're all living in together. And we need to understand more about it. And Father, we pray for your unique presence. On top of that, we just pray for those families that are hurting all across our area, all across our state, all across the country, all around the world. Thousands are grieving and have lost someone. There are people in the hospital that they're worried about, will they make it through? Father, we pray for your unique touch, your healing hand, the holy name of Jesus. Amen. We are living through a unique valley. This coronavirus, who saw this thing coming? Like I'm calling it a unique valley because we're living through it together. I want to talk about the valley. The title today is God's Answers for Dark Valleys. The, the, the scripture is very simple. Maybe one of the most famous chapters in the Bible, 23rd Psalm. Even though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, thou art with me. Interesting wording, isn't it? I walk through. There's an old Arabic parable that says, all sunshine and no, and no rain makes someone a desert. All sunshine and no rain makes someone a desert. If you've never had dark times, if you've never had challenges, if you've never had a gloomy time, you're dried up. You have no depth. You've got no maturity. It takes both good and bad to make that person whole. Life is a mixture of pleasure and pain. Victory, defeat. Success, failure. Mountaintops, valleys. So let's look at valleys. And why does God allow us to be here? I want to give you five quick facts about valleys. Now, these are facts. These are non-negotiable. There's no exceptions. They're true for every single one of us. Number one, valleys are inevitable. They're going to happen. You might as well count on them. Either 
you've just come out of a valley or you're in a valley right now, if neither of those are true for you, there's one coming with your name on it pretty soon. Valleys are all through life. One after another. After every mountaintop, there's always a valley. Jesus was so realistic. John chapter 15, Jesus says, in this world, you will have troubles. He doesn't say you might have troubles. You will. This is not an if. This is a when. Life has disappointments, fatigues, frustration, quarantines, viruses. Don't be shocked when it shows up. Valleys are inevitable. So therefore, don't be a victim. Number two, valleys are unpredictable. You can't plan a valley. Who saw this thing coming? You can't schedule a valley. I don't know about you, but for me, they tend to come at the worst time possible. They come suddenly. You just can't plan them. A valley enters your life. A good day, boom, turns into a bad day. A doctor's appointment was supposed to be routine. You got a result that wasn't so happy. A phone call, a letter, a freak accident, a virus, valleys happen. Jeremiah 4.20. Disasters follow disasters. In an instant, all my tents are destroyed. My shelter fails. In an instant. Number three fact. Valleys are impartial. No one's immune. No one's insulated from pain. No one's insulated from sorrow. No one gets a pass. No one gets to skate through life. Rich people, poor people, good people, bad people all have discouragements, downtimes, depressions, hurts. Experiencing all of this doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means you're a person. Good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people. Valleys are impartial. Matthew 5.45 says, It rains on the just and the unjust. We're filming this on Wednesday. Today I could have said it snows on the just and the unjust. With every valley, our first reaction tends to be, Why me? Maybe we should ask, why not me? Do you think you'd be exempt from problems everybody else has got to go through? Five facts about valleys. Number one, they're inevitable. Two, unpredictable. Three, impartial. Not number four, they're temporary. They have an end to them. They're not permanent. They don't last. Remember that wording in the 23rd Psalm, David said, even though I walk through, walk through, walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I said, that was interesting wording. Walk through. It ends. The circumstance, the valley, the situation, no matter what it is, it ends. Walk through. In a hard valley, sometimes you feel like it's a dead end. This thing doesn't end. It's not. Walk on. It's like a tunnel with a beginning and an end. Sometimes the most frustrating part is when you're toward the end of the tunnel. You can see the light, but you're still in the tunnel. When you go through a tunnel, eventually you're in the light again. They're not something that we stay in. We don't pitch our tent in the valley. It's not our abode. It's not permanent. It's temporary. Times are tough. Times are challenging. Walk through. Because if we walk through the valley properly, there are benefits. I think in the valley, 90% of it is attitude. Valleys. First four, inevitable, unpredictable, impartial, temporary, all true for everybody, no exceptions. And the last one, number five, valleys are purposeful. 
God may have a reason for the valley. Valleys may not be some freak of nature. Hey, I, I'm with you. I love the mountaintop. You love the mountaintop. But we very, really don't build our faith on the mountaintop. We really don't build much character on the mountaintop. Those are built in the valley. If everything goes perfectly all the time, you'll begin to feel like, I'm not sure I need God. In the valley, we tend to be face-to-face with God on our knees. Even little problems. You know what I'm talking about, those irritations. They have a purpose. Is God changing us through the valley? He really might be more interested in our character than our comfort. He may really be more interested in our holiness as opposed to our constant happiness. He has told us pretty clear, my desire for you, the Father says, is to mold us to be like Jesus. Well, there's some common sense here. If I'm to be like Jesus, then shouldn't I go through the things Jesus went through? Maybe there's no shortcut here. Jesus was not exempt from suffering, so me too. Jesus went through times of loneliness, so me too. Jesus was tempted, so me too. Jesus was misunderstood, so me too. Jesus was criticized, so me too. Jesus was lied about, so me too. Jesus was criticized, so me too. Why should we be surprised at the so me too part? If we're going to be like Jesus, if the Father's desire is to mold me and you to be more and more like Christ, shouldn't we have to go through the valleys that he went through? Oh, Gene, I figured this out. Those five facts are true. And so God must cause the valleys. He must create the valleys for us. No, that's not right. Because now you have him quasi-creating evil. He's holy. He is just. He is righteous. He is good. He does not produce evil. He did not produce this, this virus we're all going through. But what he does is he says, I work all things together for good. What he does is I will take something bad and it, we will build on this and I will use it for good. Look at it like this. This is very careful. Some of you would not be as close to Christ as you are today had it not been for a tragedy yesterday. Some of you would not be as close to Christ as you are today had it not been for a valley, a tragedy somewhere in your yesterdays. You went through the darkest valley. I walk through the dark valley. I don't need to fear evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It says, I walk through. Keep walking through. It doesn't say I panic. It doesn't say I run. It doesn't say I come apart. I walk. There's a de- deliberateness here. I deliberately focused walk through. I do not panic. God is with me. He will walk me through this. The valley right now is the valley. And we're going to walk through the valley of this virus. After all, can't go around the valley. Can't go over the valley. Can't go under the valley. You might as well walk through. And why in the world as Christians would we walk through in panic? The only way through is purposely walk through with God without terror. I do not live in terror because God is with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. I don't live discouraged. I live for Jesus who has a rod and a staff. If your whole life is discouragement, that's your choice. It's a choice. 
If you choose to dwell on discouraging thoughts, that's a choice. If you hang out with discouraging people, that's a choice. I'm convinced. Most of the happiness people have today are based on their choices they made yesterday. Choose to look at Jesus. God is with me. His presence is with me. I don't go alone. One of my favorite verses, Isaiah 43, 2. Listen to it carefully. When you pass through those waters, for him a valley, I will go with thee through the rivers. They shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest in the fire, thou shall not be burnt. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. What a promise. That 23rd Psalm has a very important change between verses 3 and 4. The pronouns change. In, in the original Hebrew writing, those pronouns become very important. In the first three verses, it is third person. He's talking about God. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in green pastures. All of that. But in verse 4, there's a fundamental change. He goes from third person to first person. He's no longer talking about God. Now he's talking to God. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. At the point of the valley, he's not talking about God, but to God. The valley makes us go face to face with God. The ultimate is now the intimate because of the valley. In the valleys, we don't talk about God. We're drawn to him. This is not religion. It's a relationship. In the valley, we are now face to face with the Father. And, and did you notice the tools he talks about? The shepherd's tools, your rod and your staff. These are very important tools. The rod is about protection. He would fight anything that comes against the sheep. The rod is there against a mountain lion, against wolves, anything that comes down against the sheep. He's got that rod. He will fight anything that comes against you and me. My heavenly father has the rod and the staff. The staff is this long thing with a hook. You've seen pictures of it. This was there to guide the sheep. Every once in a while, the sheep would kind of leave the herd a little bit. Go where he's not supposed to. That shepherd would take that rod, hook it around his neck, and bring him right back where he belongs. Every now and then, some folks kind of get where they're not supposed to be. Our Heavenly Father lovingly will bring us right back where we're supposed to be. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. But it says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Didn't say I walk through death. I walk through the shadow of death. And come on, shadows here, the virus are pretty intimidating. Look closely. The shadow of death. Someday, and maybe it's now, that shadow's going to fall upon you. Again, you can count on it. Let me give you three quick thoughts on shadows very quickly. Number one, shadows are greater than reality. They always are. Fear is greater than the actual problem. Praise God. Fear is greater than the actual problem. Shadows are always bigger than reality. Number two, a shadow can't hurt you. You ever been run over by a shadow of a truck? Probably didn't do a lot of damage. They're images without substance. They can scare you, but they can't hurt you. And number three, most important. Number one, greater shadows greater than the actual problem. Number two, they can't hurt you. Number three, there's impossible. It can't happen. You cannot have a shadow without a light somewhere. 
in the valley, in the shadow, the only reason there's a shadow, there's a light somewhere. You're not in total darkness. There's got to be a light for a shadow to appear. And so now we have a choice. I would urge you to turn your back off of the shadow and put your, your face toward the light. If you're scared of the shadow, look to the light. If I look to the light, I'm not looking at the shadow. You can't focus on both at the same time. You cannot focus at the light and the shadow at the same time. Remember I told you, you're either going to feed your faith or you're going to feed your fear. You can't feed them both at the same time. We're dealing in a valley and we're dealing in choices. If you've seen too many shadows, you're looking the wrong way. You've made a poor choice. Turn your face away from the shadow to the light of Christ. Because shadows, if we focus on them long enough, can become a stronghold that the enemy will use against you. Now, not to take time with a commercial, but in the next few weeks as we get into the battle, you're going to understand strongholds. As you focus on the shadow too much, it can become a stronghold. And this event in your life, this virus, could affect you years after the virus is long gone because Satan has now created a stronghold because you have focused on the wrong thing. Focus on the light. There's no shadow without a light. Father, we come before you, and we are living in interesting days, frustrating days, quarantine days. We're living in days we never thought we would experience. I never thought I'd spend a month preaching to a little microphone. And frankly, it's hard because I like connecting with the people I'm speaking to. But more importantly, our focus is on you. I walk through this valley. I walk through with confidence. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. It is temporary. And Father, we want to be an example of strength. Not ours. Strength because our focus is on the light and not the shadow. We pray your blessings and your protection. And again, we pray for so many around the world that are grieving and hurting. This is real. This has affected lives more than quarantine. There are families grieving. And we pray for the light to shine on them. May the shepherd come alongside and love them. We pray for your protection on us. We don't need more stories. We need victory as we walk through this valley. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.